0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Today I Learned podcast hosted at Desi Per Desi. Desi, per Desi is a Discord server where Desi people from all over the world come together and connect. This podcast will be focusing on topics that are interesting and thought-provoking. Today, we are going to talk about anti-culture. But before that, let's introduce you to our hosts. My name is Amon. When I live in Toronto, Canada, I was born in Pakistan and lived there for a bit. Now, living in Canada, I have noticed similarities and differences in life here and there. And I'm so excited to talk about it with you all.
1: My name is Divya. Um, I guess I could start off by introducing myself. kind of have one foot in both sides of Canadian culture versus, you know, DC experience and the DC culture so it's been really interesting getting to meet people who come from different walks of life who share the same background but different experiences it's super enriching and really excited to use this podcast as a way to explore that learn more and share i want to start off today's podcast with my host amal and sort of ask a spicy question into a spicy sassy kind of conversation which is anti-culture, and to really get the ball rolling, I want to know, Amal, what is your definition of anti-culture?
0: To me, anti-culture is a loose term given to the involvement of the whole Desi community in your personal life. Our culture tends to be community-based rather than individual-based, so basically everyone has an opinion and no one is afraid to express it. What this does tend to lead to can be triggering for sure, but also sometimes I have definitely shared a laugh or two with my friends about some comment that was sent to me, and we're hoping to do that today. Um, so the, what is the definition for you, though? I think
1: largely I really like the definition that you have, and I agree with it. I would even say I was thinking about this earlier today, and I find that there's such a funny duality of auntie culture when i when i think about what that terminology encapsulates because growing up there was always this sense of you know the the term and and the moniker of auntie is given to somebody whom you respect and there's always been this element of you know this is an auntie she's got wisdom beyond her years she's established herself in a community in a country you should respect this person But over time it's also morphed into this conceptualization of you know a bit of an interesting concept where women generally speaking tend to engage in the fun parts of socialization but sometimes the more interesting parts of socialization which tend to you know talking about taboo topics or coming up with interesting takes on what they see and what they think and so for me there's this really interesting duality of the concept but it's I guess it's podcasts like this where we get to discuss and figure out you know how how those two things coexist so wonderfully and how they make up the identity and fabric of what we live and what we believe in so that's pretty much what my definition of anti culture would be what do you feel about it what do you think about it <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you. And I think that um, what you touched on about the duality, I can completely relate to because, because even though um, some of the comments and everything, and you know, the the uber involvement can uh, feel too much at times, you do know that it is coming from a place of love, you can almost justify some of the um, comments and the concerns and um, kind of understand that it's not coming from a malicious so, sort of place. Um, in in certain instances, of course, I don't want to speak for, for all of it. So I totally understand. Um, I think that even when we're dealing with it on the receiving end, we are kind of um, allowing that duality as well. So I completely understand what you're saying there. So um Viv, now that we've defined anti-culture, I want to hear about your experiences with it. I would like to know the juicy um stories. So so tell me about your experiences with it.
1: <laughs> you know I'm always ready to serve with a good juicy story. <laughs> um I think there are yeah. many. And What I find really interesting is when I was thinking about this whole concept, I thought, you know, there was almost this part of me that thought, okay, what can I say that still puts concept of anti culture in a good light, or or spins it in a good way, if I could say it that way? And I thought that was so interesting in and of itself because I feel like that's a lot of what anti culture encapsulates, right? It's whole this whole concept of you know. And auntie is saying something to you directly or she's engaging in a conversation or a thought that is multifaceted. It's meant to be, you know, almost like helpful in a way and almost coming from a place mm-hmm. of, like you said, a place of love and wisdom, but there's also this element of, you know, a little bit of a, a snide, <laughs> sassy edge to it. <laughs> so I was thinking, and, and this right and this is where my experience gets a little funny because um i guess my mom is not one of those people who i've ever seen really engage in auntie culture as it were i mean we we talk to each other we are each other's best friends we you know have that kind of a relationship but i do remember um you know 15 year old me is in high school and i was I was great. I was a great kid. I you could not find anything to, you know, up about me. You know, I wasn't a great fodder for gossip. But it was this afternoon. It was after band practice. Yes, I was that kid who was in band and vocal class and on all of the extracurriculars. And um, I was waiting for one of my mom's friends, our family friends and auntie to pick me up. And um, as I was waiting outside, there was a friend of mine from school, actually a family friend. And he came and just sat down outside with me just to give me company. He lived locally. So I guess he wasn't in any rush to go home or do anything. And we were just very, Uh you know, right? (laughs) We're very innocently (laughs) chatting. I have my big French horn next to me. Like, it's so innocuous and and innocent. And um, she rolls up. To pick me up everything is fine you know sweet as pie she says hi to the friend he says okay we'll see you later bye auntie you know bye. Bye. And, and all of that great stuff and we go about our merry ways you know we meet up with my mom at my at at this auntie's house everything's fine and on our drive home my mom turns to me and she says so so and so auntie said that uh you know she saw you with somebody today. I was like, oh, yeah, no. my mom, I was sitting there waiting for her. And she's like, yeah, you know how she said it to me? She said, oh, Devia's making friends.
0: Oh, and it was
1: at that point where I was like, wow, nobody is immune to the power of auntie culture Like you could do everything you're supposed to do. You could be part of, you know, all of the all of the AP classes and and doing everything you're supposed to do in the textbook of a good, good you know student and child and there's still going to be something that they find so that was that was something I thought we could get
0: the ball rolling with. <laughs> what about you? Anything similar? That is so funny. Um, you know what? Uh I. I think similar in the sense that because I didn't grow up around a lot of the Desi community, I my exposure kind of was um, a little bit later in life. And, and, and something that I definitely noticed um, before I got married was just kind of, basically the constant comments to kind of get married and, uh, you know, find a nice boy and uh, have, you know, have have children, let's go. I don't have a specific story that is as fun as yours, Divya. That was hilarious. Um, And as you were just telling me, I was just cringing because I knew what was coming up so (laughs) that was hilarious but I do have one from after I got married my husband and I went to a wedding I believe and and there was a family friend auntie who we knew (laughs) basically on the dance floor she actually came up to us she was like oh my god am am I going to get some good news (laughs) But it was just a result of eating a lot of fast food after getting newly married um, and, and a lot of, <laughs> but it was just, yeah, it was, it was brought up and it was just very funny. And, and, you know, like something that, that I was mentioning before about before being married and then after being married, I think that it doesn't really stop. I don't know if you can relate to that where, where you know even before it actually becomes about um okay well get married have a life start your life and then after you're married it's like okay when are you going to have a kid you've gained weight so i think it's just uh, always there like i said and i and and i believe like like you said i know that it comes from a nice place it, it actually comes from a place of caring and it does come from someone who feels enough of a closeness to you to be able to say that you know but kind of just like in in terms of sharing personal stories I know we've actually told a few funny ones but I wanted to highlight that sometimes and that was the reason that um that I believe you and I also wanted to talk about this topic is because of that duality that we were speaking about um in the sense that It actually can be really funny and something that we laugh off. But also, in certain instances, it actually can shape your mind in a very triggering sort of way. And so what I wanted to share was a little bit more serious, basically on the serious side of things. So I definitely have had an auntie come over to our house and basically ask my mom to make us. As in, my sister and I change into our cultural clothing after school so that we don't lose the culture. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. But I think what was good about that was just my mom's reaction because she was just like, they do what they want. You know, even though it is kind of a lighthearted story, it kind of does have a little bit of a serious side to it because it comes across as a little bit judgmental and just you know um inserting yourself into like the inner workings of a family <laughs> so absolutely I that, right? absolutely
1: i yeah and i think that that's where i think that's why this is such an interesting topic for us to bring mm-hmm. up also because there's this nature of you know a lot of this happens in in social circles yes but we're also in this unique position of having an exposure to it almost all the time because it happens in these scenarios and situations where it's around the kids or it has to do with the kids or you know your mom sounds very similar to mine wherein when something happens like that she's not one to you know shy away from that kind of a kind of a conversation right she has right. it she has it openly and then we've been a part of that narrative and that conversation but alternatively i mean i i've i think i feel very lucky in having parents who sort of support this concept of, you know, not subscribing to that to that mm-hmm. kind of way of thinking and that way of trying to live your life. And like you very excellently said, insert into other people's lives. We're very much, you know, <laughs> focused on the family as a unit. But it's it's interesting you say that because I find that the underpinnings of how my interactions then happened a couple of years later with they see people in my in in my age group and and within my surroundings and environment. i I begin to quickly see that there have been these sort of I don't want to say the strong word adverse effects. but the mm-hmm. but but you know the affectations are there. You can see when you know people feel that they are entitled to have an opinion, a strong opinion in what you're doing and how you're acting and how you're holding yourself. I find that those sorts of things are, are a mentality and a thought process that has kind of been seeded into the way that you see things and think of things. When it happens um, on, a, on a very fundamental level, when it's happening at home, when you're young and you see it. And to me, that's a really big, interesting question of anti-culture and Are we a generation that is in this unique position because we're aware of it, but are we aware of it in a way that we're changing the narrative or are we just formulating the narrative
0: to fit our needs? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And actually, um, something that you brought up right now reminded me of another instance that happened. And, and I think that that ties in very well to the point that you are making that sometimes, even if it can seem a little bit harmless, it actually does have the potential to plant that seed in in the younger generation and shape the way that they think. And I'll give a very um, interesting example of regarding that when I was younger, um, someone in our very, very extended family got married to someone who was of darker skin. And, um, and she was tall, she was gorgeous, but she was of darker skin. And I heard comments about that, not even mean comments, but, but just general comments like, oh, you know what, Uh, even though she's dark, she's so pretty. To bring it back to the point about shaping younger minds, I remember looking at their wedding pictures. I must have been maybe four or five at the time, very, very young, and hearing that in my head and looking at her through that lens. through That classification, I would like to say, of, oh, well, she is pretty, but she's also dark you know um for a child to even recognize something like colorism because 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 that's just kind of an offhand comment um and then to classify a person by well she's pretty but she's also dark which is you know kind of something that is maybe negative i'm not sure because i'm only 4 or 5 but but the seed has been planted you know i feel that as adults we do have some responsibility in In what we say to the next generation, and I think that even if something seems harmless, even if something is kind of you know, dismissed as being part of the culture, there are certainly some long lasting effects that 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 could result from it,
1: yeah, no, I completely agree. and I think I think that's where it's sort of we have to make that, you know, kind of that commitment almost, if I could say it that way, Mm -hmm. to realizing and understanding. And I think this is why something that I find very, like, you know, heartening about our generation is that we are this group of very reflective, introspective people. And even if we're not, I find that in a lot of conversations I have with people, they're very willing to put in that work to, you know, take a deeper delve into what they've done in life or what are the motivations behind what they say or what they do. And I feel like that is a very key aspect of being able to change the narrative because, you know, on one level, I understand. I mean, I I say this all the time, Gapshap, which is gossip. It's so much <laughs> fun to do when you get to together. We have a whole societal function. Uh, on the basis of that, right? Like Mm -hmm. reality TV, entertainment, all of these things sort of have this focal nature of, you know, a little bit of gossip, a little bit of intrusion into what's going on, what you can see, obviously, because there's never any way to fully know 100% what's going on behind closed doors. But, you know, recognizing that we have this affinity and this sort of social construct that almost allows, if not encourages, it certainly allows the perpetuation of these kinds of conversations. But then for us to come back to it and say, you know, there's a way of having a conversation about what you see and how you feel and sharing your opinions without Mm -hmm. if I may say this, and I know this is a strong word, but without weaponizing it. You know? Yeah. Because I find that sometimes that's how that's how it is perceived. It's it's like you said. It's almost uh, it's almost an attack in broad daylight, but a very carefully couched attack, where yeah. you're not sure whether what you're hearing is a compliment, is it an insult, is it meant to be disparaging, and it's always said with so much like lightheartedness that you just mm-hmm. like you said to your very young, you know, impressionable mind all of us at some point or the other i'm sure it becomes very much a question of you know how did that absorb did that piece of conversation did that thought latch on to a way of your mental fabric that changes things for you moving down the road
0: yeah no absolutely i think that regardless of the intention at the end of the day i think that there is some responsibility in in recognizing that a lighthearted comment made to someone, maybe about their weight, maybe about their color, may- maybe about their inability to get married, because because that is seen as you know something that is controllable. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, that is not my view. But but, in, but but in general, of course, right? It actually comes from a lighthearted point of view. Um, even something like, oh, you know what, you should do upton mask because that really helps brighten your complexion. At the end of the day, on the receiving end of that comment, the other person might take that to be like, oh, so so you, someone who is older than me, who I trust, who I respect, thinks that, that I'm undesirable or or thinks that there's something lacking in me. So that's why you're saying that, right? And regardless of the actual intention of of the comment, I think that just as I was saying, there is that social responsibility of of recognizing that you could be putting that in someone's head. So I think that maybe that would be the way forward. I think related to that i did have a question for you um and and i think that you might have answered it already which is exactly how you and i work we just riff off of each other so that is perfect i was just going to ask you um because i know that you have grown up in a very inclusive family um and and a very open-minded family but given your experience and you know of course you actually mentioned growing up and having those interactions do you think that when you are older you would embody some of the uh, some of the you know quintessential typical auntie traits um that that we have highlighted today um if if yes then which ones and if no then how would you um be different i think that's a fabulous question and i think
1: I I definitely would. And there's a matter I think of pride when I say that also because funnily enough when we talk about it and I and and you know I started this off with the whole duality of, you know, auntie, there was the first point that I brought up where when we call somebody auntie or we're told to call somebody auntie, there's a level of respect there. And in addition to it, it's just like you said, I sort of grew up in an environment where my mom for all intents and purposes and obviously this is my unbiased totally objective opinion <laughs> but of i saw her conducting herself as a very like you know classy auntie to me she is the epitome of somebody who you know didn't engage in behaviors outside i think of her sphere of influence that she knew would be harmful or detrimental. Like, you know, like I said, there's no escaping it, I think in a community, especially, and I think maybe you might be able to speak to this a little bit as well. When you're, when your family comes over and you're kind of not isolated, but you you are kind of fragmented from the bigger families that, you know, they see families typically tended to live in and enjoy, you know, back in, in their native countries. You're kind yeah. of isolated from all of that. And so you do tend to stick together in a group. And sometimes that group, much like family, isn't whom you choose to be with, but you're there as a function of togetherness. And what connects you are some of these fundamental characteristics of your culture, of your, you know, backgrounds, of your desires to feel connected to one root point. And, you know, I saw my mom being who she was, she was fantastic, you know, always around us, always including us. And so for me, I think I I definitely would embody those traits. I'm not saying, you know, my mom never engaged in a little fun gossip here and there, but I think what she always did that I truly respected and fundamentally took away as a lesson was that she would never do it unless she was firmly entrenched in the situation herself. Like, it, it's that whole concept right. of, you know, if I'm gonna laugh at you, I'm gonna laugh at me first. You know, to to kind oh. of bring it back to this whole thing that we are all one, we're all kind of, you know, you know, that we were all young girls once and and... I was a younger like you, and you will one day be an auntie like me, kind of a full circle moment. So I saw auntie culture when I was very young as a bit of an empowering thing, thanks to my mom. and I think I definitely I definitely would be that way. I can see myself being an auntie one day down the road, I kind of am now too <laughs> of you know, trying to be very positive, trying to bring people up, trying to you know, insert myself into conversations with those young, impressionable minds in ways that would, you know, enlighten them and provide them with information and tools. I think more importantly, and, and you know, me, the, the be all and end all is that they should form their opinions in and of themselves. They should do that independently. They should be given that space and opportunity as we were. But i just want to make sure that they have a holistic understanding they're given all the information and the tools that they need to make those conclusions by themselves cuz i felt like that is the opportunity and the privilege that i was afforded and i think i turned out great <laughs> so for me that whole concept of putting in the effort to educate and 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 just be there as a support it's really funny. I was reading um Maria Kamara's Trust No Auntie. <laughs> and even as I read it, I found it really interesting because I thought, some of these aunties I've never met in my life. Some of them I know all too well, fortunately and unfortunately. And there was one auntie in there described as the soft auntie. And I think that would be that would be me. Kind of, you know takes the best elements of what I saw anti-culture being and sort of foregoing the more and, you know, backbiting, maybe not as positive, maybe not even as, you know, aware concepts of, of anti-culture because sometimes, you know, people just aren't aware of what it is they're saying and doing. So I, I'd like to think of myself as moving forward, hopefully and ideally, Embodying that kind of a persona in auntie culture because I don't I don't want to let go of it I love that it brings people together and I saw my mother forming You know lifelong friendships in a new country where she knew nobody and um, and she did that on the basis of these shared traits and activities and sort of you know social nuances that women especially in in the Desi community enjoy so I think I would love to be able to do it, but in the most positive way possible. That would be my, my long-winded answer to your question.
0: First of all, I love that book as well. I think that it is, I mean, it definitely is a work of art. And and I just like her one mm-hmm. way of saying everything in a, you know, quick and very artistic manner. And then you just get the point across And it's and it's a beautiful read, but it's also... It also has that hidden message behind it. In regards to that, I mean, I don't know if I can pick an archetype from that book. I personally feel that I'm just going to go out on a limb here and just create another uh, category. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I would be an auntie because I'm not very much like that now. I think that my parents have always been like, do not talk about anyone, live and let live. And they, to the point of, they're no fun in, in the sense that they don't really gossip, you know, and I feel that just yeah. like your experience, how, how you're finding, um, you know, uh, inspiration from your childhood and taking away the best parts of it. I think that similarly for me, I would probably be a very bodgey. <laughs> if, if I can create a new category, I would, uh, like, like, I would probably be the cool bodgey Older sister who's like, you know, I would like to get a t- get a tattoo. Okay, but have you thought about it? You've thought about it? Okay, cool, fine. Like, like, you know, and 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 I don't mean that I would condone all like bad behavior, but I just don't think that I would feel that that my advice, um, if you know, explicitly sourced, <laughs> if if asked for, would um would add any benefit to the mental progress or the development of another individual especially one that i didn't you know um that i wasn't responsible for raising <laughs> so like mm-hmm. my own kids i will be very mean but i just mean <laughs> you know <laughs> other <laughs> children you
1: could never but i love i love the thoughtfulness in in that response because i think that is maybe it's it's thoughtful in a different way Right, like, and 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 I think it really goes along the vein of the world we're living in now. Um, there may have been a time where aunties thought that that was, you know, the correct way to be, and and in their way, they thought that they were imparting something helpful. And you know, with the way the world has evolved, it was not, or maybe it was, but it no longer serves the purpose of of you know being helpful. And I think it's fantastic that you. Are recognizing what role you want to play in the in the development and evolution of what the generation beyond you is going to look like and how your role and your sphere of influence interacts with them. I think that's a beautiful thing. And I and I hope that a lot more people, you know, subscribe to that way of thinking and belief and and you know try to frame themselves and how they're going to carry themselves in future with that in mind. I feel like that would be something really great for future generations, something insightful and and fantastic.
0: I appreciate that so much because you and I are actual friends. I just know that my future children can kind of rest assured and and and, and have that soft auntie to kind of go and cry to when their mom's being mean. So I think that, that that would be absolutely lovely.
1: Thanks so much for joining you guys. As fun, as always, it's just been an amazing experience getting to talk and learn and hopefully we'll see you guys at the next one with uh, an equally sassy and spicy conversation to talk about
0: <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for joining us today on our first ever episode of today i learned the podcast and we actually had a very meaningful discussion divya and i about auntie culture stay tuned for our next episode and we look forward to bringing that to you soon